Okay, so 1987, 97, 2007, like, so for 30 years, you were yeah. the mar yeah. the marketing guy for CBS. I was. I was the marketing guy for 30 years. Yes. That's unbelievable. I mean, and I mean, how many folks have gone into and out of the network television business and 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 and, and worked their entire career, but when they retired, um, had a two-page spread in variety about it? Oh, my gosh. Like legendary career behind the scenes uh i started my my first job that wasn't a job it was more of a career was a marketing job for for costco wholesale i i i know about marketing mm -hmm. it fascinates me um not many folks have that long of a tenure with one company and such where by the end of it one of the top publications of that genre does a spread about you um you've been retired now for two years how much do you miss it if at all well you're very generous mike i appreciate that you and um uh, my my relatives uh, appreciated <laughs> the two-page spread and variety no it was it was <laughs> an honor i'm flattered um i uh i had a good run with great people mm -hmm. that i worked for and worked with uh i was at cbs for 48 great years uh and you know i know that kind of longevity is not uh it, it is not a uh, a practice anymore in any kind of business so i feel very fortunate uh yeah and the last uh, three decades as the essentially the marketing guy for cbs and my job was to get people to watch tv so that okay. changed dramatically uh it was a lot of fun it was exhilarating exciting uh anxiety producing yeah, uh, fr frustrating at times. Uh, many wins, uh, many losses. Um, we we learn more from our failures than our successes, as yep. the as the adage goes. It's all it's all true what they say. Yep. Uh, but um, it, it, it was remarkable, and uh, would would not have uh, would not have given up a minute. What I what I miss, I think, is what everyone who kind of leaves a long-term situation misses and that's the people yeah, i miss the action but i don't miss the um the pressure um they they say you don't know what kind of pressure you're under until you don't have it anymore and again i believe that is true because um you know the some of the lines in my face uh have have uh disappeared and um i i miss the the tank i don't miss the tension yeah uh, it was a very tense business. We were extremely competitive. We got, as you well know, our report card every day with the ratings uh, uh, that came across first a fax machine and then yep. a voicemail and finally email. Yep. So, um, you know, we were in a rare business where, um, you know, we made a decision on, on Monday and we saw the result on Tuesday, yeah. uh, whether millions of people um, responded as, as viewers and so on. So anyway, that's kind of the capsule of it, but, uh, it, it was a great run. I really enjoyed it. And, um, I, I missed the atmosphere and the competition, but not the stress and strain at all. That, that totally makes sense to me. Um, you know, I, I, one of my favorite, uh, movies of all time, it's actually based on a Stephen King book, but a lot of folks don't even realize that it's the Shawshank Redemption. And it talks mm -hmm. about, uh, the idea of being institutionalized, no matter what it is that you're doing, when you do something for decades long, 
-hmm. and then suddenly your background completely flips and changes at the at the time of this recording we are uh just past the 29 year mark of when dave uh came over and changed late Mm -hmm. night forever i cannot wait to get into this with you oh my god this is amazing um but it's september right now and i just wonder is there some sort of a like as the season begins is there a part of you going oh i I should be, I should be stressed right now. I should be like, is there a party that's institutionalized at the beginning of the TV season or uh, has that part left you and you haven't been institutionalized by this whole thing? Oh, I always think about September, but I think about October, November, December. I I mean, we, I used to say that the geography of our calendar never changed, but the ingredients did. So we knew that September was fall TV and football. We knew that November was, you know, sweet period and and uh, high interest specials. December was holiday shows. January was NFL playoffs. Yep. February was the Grammys. March was March Madness. April was the Masters. You know, we we kind of had this geography of the calendar set in our in our heads. Um, no, I look for the last I'd say ten years we were on a steady decline of not emphasizing the fall premiere as much because um, everyone, we went to kind of like the universal calendar and everyone's yeah. premiering shows at different times. Yep. So, you know, in fact, you sometimes you were better off not premiering in September when everyone was attacking everybody else. Um, but, you know, look, I missed the hoopla of what the fall premiere was. Um, and, you know, the, the history of the fall premiere came many, many, many years ago before my time um, when the automotive companies all brought out their new car lines in September and needed a way to advertise it. And so essentially when they talked about TV advertising, it was the automotives that pushed in the sponsorship of programming when they sponsored full programs and they said, we want you know, the new Chevrolet or the new Fords to be unveiled on the so-and-so show. And we'll all do it in September. And that's essentially after the summer hiatuses. There's also a time when they did 39 original shows and then you had 13 weeks of repeats. So, I mean, gosh, life has changed. But I I like the current format of of bringing shows out a few in September and you dibble, dabble some in October, November. people have a hunger for the new uh, and if you cluster a few new together uh, whether it's at one network or several um, then it becomes more of an event and you can get more focus and I think the focus is important I mean I'm all for Apple and Hulu and Netflix putting out a new show whenever they have a new show ready but it doesn't to me get the kind of attention that the focus of a fall premiere um did and remember there was you know something called tv guide which yeah, was well, yeah one of point, at one point the largest circulated publication in the world mm-hmm. okay and it would put out a full preview issue that was three or four hundred pages yes like most of that was advertised of course uh, the 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 uh, it's funny how you talk about how this this preceded you and it was the automotive companies that uh, that drove it. Uh, we talk about marketing 
with this stuff. And I'm, I'm fascinated, like, again, fascinated by this because I have a background in marketing and the mm -hmm. idea, I think about broadcast history and marketing, like, like, you know, ironically, Westinghouse was the company that bought CBS later on, like, like you, but you think about the past with appliance companies like Westinghouse or GE and, and, the, and sure. the, the car companies at its inception, uh, television broadcasting, I mean, all broadcasting, but television broadcasting in particular, and these companies hand in hand like absolute from product placement to like you said the placement of 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 their new lineups being released all of that these two uh, uh business i wouldn't say businesses but it's multiple businesses in bed with broadcasting goes right back to the very very beginning sure absolutely you know tobacco yeah uh, automotive and beer you yep. know fueled the the the, the industry from the beginning and uh, commercials and uh, presentations. And that's the way the business went for a long time until I'd say the late fifties, early sixties. when that, yeah. that So, okay. I want to, uh, I, I, I can't wait to get into the letter minute of all. I have a very, very special top 10 for li list for us, by the way, to end this episode. So let's not, let's finish with that. Um, and CBS promo slogan, <laughs> best CBS promo. I have that on my wall. We're starting. We're starting with that only in the sense of um, bringing Dave over. Okay, I haven't had very many people who will go deep with me on this particular subject. Folks who are have uh, listened to a lot of these or, or viewed a lot of these programs will will sort of roll their eyes until they hear you start talking about it. But I am fascinated. I love Bill Carter's books um, and 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 talking about the history of late night, all of that. Um, Folks, today, the, the genesis of this show is my 25-year-old daughter-in-law who who saw a bit um, and 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 didn't realize it was a Letterman bit that she lifted. That was that that person lifted, and and I'm like, no, 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 you got to understand the history of this stuff. And and I'll bore my kids to tears talking about Johnny and and how powerful Johnny mm. was, and 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 how for 30 years, no network could compete at 11.30 and every network tried. They tried to figure it out to the point where ABC started just kind of counter-programming. Okay, let's just do a news show instead and all of that. I love CBS's role in, in all of this, um, in the idea that they were always trying to counter-program, trying to come up with something that could compete with the franchise that was The Tonight Show and it had never been done ever and and uh you know flashes in the pan here and there with with joey bishop or 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 somebody else but 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 at the end of the day um cbs tried to counter program a couple of times i'm super curious about like i think about the late um it was the the the, the drama series that they tried to run Crime, prime time after prime time prime time after prime time thank you pat sajak like okay yeah. so you were there guilty. during those guilty times. As, guilty as charged. I was there for Pat Sajak. Okay, I'm such a gigantic Letterman fan, and Pat Sajak is one of my favorite Letterman punchlines of all time. Anytime he mentions Pat, I get a huge grit on my face and all that because it, it's it's people don't understand the stranglehold that NBC had, and mm -hmm. and where I go deep mm -hmm. isn't the fact that you know. And I, to all respect to Mr. Leno and everything that he said, he talks about, oh, we came in at number one and we left at number one. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's not that you're number one. It's the fact that somebody could come in and compete, be on the same level, never mind the first 18 months, um, but, but could actually compete, create a stranglehold. You were the marketing guy 
who got to finally crack that nut. You'd raised your hand with Pat Sajak. Okay, Crontown after Primetown. Okay. But then suddenly there's a summer where all you heard was same Dave, new new channel, new, like, that's you, right? New time. Right. Same that's- day, new time, new channel. If you go onto Don Giller's channel, he mm-hmm. has an entire retrospective of an entire hour and a half of the lead up to the very first Late Show. We just celebrated the 29 year anniversary of when that happened. Can you talk a little bit about what Late Night was, the stranglehold that Johnny had, what you guys did to try and counter program? Was it a frustrating thing? Was it a, uh, you know, I, I want to hear about that. And then I want to hear about what it was like during those times when, when, when Letterman steamrolled in there when you guys realized you had the chance to get him that whole thing this is one of the most fascinating times in broadcast history because a shift like that had never happened and i just i'm so grateful that i get to talk to somebody who as i'm saying these words you know you're 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 actually someone who appreciates the fact that i'm interested in this stuff well i was afraid I told you that i would forget that i've forgotten a lot of this but now sure. that you bring me back to the moment more of stories and thoughts are popping into my head. Um, I, I would tell you, it's one of the great, great times of my career. If I, if I had, you know, the top 10 moments, it would be yeah. in the top two. Um, getting awesome. Letterman at, it was so exciting. I give all credit to Howard Stringer, um, who was the president of CBS Broadcasting at the time, yep. and a great um believer as as mr paley was who founded the network who 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 founded started cbs and and ran it uh owned it um for for most of his life uh it's about show business and and howard um heard the rumblings that dave might be available and interested and then of course nbc made the decision to go with jay and that you know, put it kind of a public, then it was more of a public, I wouldn't say auction, but it was a showcase, a presentation. ABC was in it, you know. I think oh, was, Ovitz, one of the greatest yeah, uh, setups yeah. in history with what yes. Mike Ovitz did to yeah, have these courtesans did. show up. Yeah. Yep. And, <laughs> and the courtesans did. Uh, but, uh, uh, and I was not, uh, into the in the negotiations you know that was howard and the entertainment folks and the, yeah. the business folks but you know howard wanted letterman and howard knew the value of talent he had run the news division he knew the value of talent there uh, behind and in front of the camera yeah and and he was determined and i'll never forget when he got the phone call uh we were in a phone booth there there attention viewers and listeners there were something called phone booths and that's where you put, uh, they were public telephones and you put money <laughs> in them to make a phone call. Uh, we were at a press tour event at the, what's it called? The Lowe's Santa Monica Hotel, which is a beach front hotel owned by Lowe's, which was the Lowe's Corporation, which was owned by Larry Tish, who at that point owned CBS. Yep. And Howard was the president of broadcasting. And I was the marketing guy, uh, similar cast of characters. And he was going to get or make the phone call. Uh, or he was told that Mike Ovitz was calling him. Yeah. But he was not reachable because he was about to give a presentation at 
this CBS press event at this hotel uh, in Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. And so we went to a phone booth and made the, he sat there making the call. And I, when some others were standing beside him and I don't, I can't honestly tell you, Mike, what the signal was or what the thing. I think he just hung up the phone and said, we got him. We the got smile him. probably said it all. Yeah. I mean. And we just, <laughs> well, it was exhilaration and exhaustion. And I think we just couldn't believe it. Yeah. We just couldn't believe it. It was so great. It was game. It was game changing. Yeah. I mean, look, I was there also when we lost the NFL. And that was game changing too. Well, so, I, I was, you know, I'm going to get into that for sure. <laughs> for sure. But, that was, but, yeah. But, but anyway, but, yeah. Getting Dave um, is, you know, getting a franchise. And I, I, I liken it to when Bill Paley stole Jack Benny from NBC. Jack Benny was the Letterman, Carson, whatever. It was not late night. He was a primetime yep. comedy entertainer, had a yep. show, the most popular show on radio at the time. And Paley went out and offered him, you know, a ton of money and, and, and a reason to come. And he switched from NBC to CBS. And in fact, I studied the strategies there when we got Dave to see if there were any clues or little marketing gems we could pick up. Because I saw it as a similar situation and it was this same Jack Benny, but going yep. to a different home at a different time. And it was just like that. And I still have the Jack Benny is coming to CBS print ads. Yeah. Um, you know, um, in, in my collection of, uh, of TV ephemera. Um, oh, so so I, great. I looked at those ads, I, I looked at, but it was, it was a huge talent get. And with, you know, with, thank you for your nice comments about, you know, what we did and what our team did, but look, David Letterman is a singular franchise player yeah. and he brings his own audience. What we had to do was convince other audience members who may not have been as familiar with Dave to come. You know, the 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 marketing, uh, you target much exactly like a bullseye. And the center of the bullseye is your, you know, use your, use your the low-hanging fruit. I mean, the people are going to be there. Sure. And the people going to be there are Dave fans, right? Yep. So they're all coming. Yep. So the, his fans are coming. They're the center. Then you go to the first ring, the next ring um, uh, in the bullseye target. And that's you know, people who've watched Dave, they wouldn't consider them, you know, loyal viewers every night, but they're certainly familiar with Dave and his humor and are willing to give it a try. And then you go to the next ring, the next ring, and the farther you go from the center, you know, the more outliers you have. They're often not worth chasing. It's yes. really, you know, getting, it's really getting the, uh, the, the, the center and a couple of rings there and then building the franchise. And look, we knew this was no secret. Dave is a franchise, this monumental shift. Johnny is gone. Leno is on, you know, um, Letterman is coming to CBS in an hour earlier. This is going to be just um, the focus of everything. And it was, you know, it was August 30th, uh, as I remember, of mm -hmm. 93 mm -hmm. and uh, on a hot and steamy day. And, um, you know, we worked all summer. Uh, putting it on, but believe me, it was no secret, not just with what we did, but, you know, you talk about Bill Carter did a fantastic job getting the whole story and, you know, yep. and all of his, all of his counterparts and colleagues. It, it was a huge, it was the press story. 
Well, I, I think about, there's a couple of my youth, I'm 46 at the time of this broadcast, and I think about uh, some of the monumental things that happened during the summers of my youth. In 89, it was the Michael Keaton Batman. You couldn't go anywhere without seeing the bat symbol everywhere. <laughs> it was just the craziest, the craziest, um, when it came to marketing, it was it was literally that summer was the summer of Batman. Yeah, um, yeah. This summer that you're talking about here, when it came, you could not go anywhere without hearing those words same day new time new channel like it was it was everywhere and again when you watch giller's uh compilation of it i believe he shows everything almost everything just once and it's it's massive like it was everywhere dave was you know the cover of the magazines and all the things that were happening at the time i don't know if there was a celebrity more talked about i would even venture to submit that Dave was talked about more coming to CBS than Johnny was when he retired. Um, at least I would say that the two are very, very, very close to each other. Um, but in my mind anyway, uh, from, from my viewpoint, I think Dave was more talked about when he came over. It was huge. There was no celebrity being talked about more. Were you a part of, um, being proactive, like Time, uh, Newsweek or Time Magazine or some of these, these different articles that came out, lots of Rolling Stone stuff throughout Dave's entire career. Um, was was that was that you trying to create opportunities here or, or was that just the opportunities are there? Let's let's shape which one, whichever one we want to uh, build the narrative for, because we have a certain message we want to bring out there with certain brands or publications or, or things. Or was it literally anybody who wants to do a spread will figure out a way how to do a spread? No, we had a we had a, a terrific press department and yeah. they ran that uh, press side strategy. Uh, it was not it was not all comers. Um, because okay. of one day that makes sense dave did one press conference which was at the press tour which was the j annual press junket that's that, the one with him in front of the eye there right yes that, uh, 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 uh siskel siskel and ebert were there which was really funny gene gene siskel asked a question during it yeah it's it's yeah, out there by the way you watch this. yeah yeah it's a it, it's basically a free-for-all kind of moderately controlled q a with 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 talent of the new shows and each new show gets an hour and they bring the shows to um, LA, the, 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 the celebrities and producers, and they sit there uh, and it goes, look, Dave, Dave, um, look, God bless David Lauderman. He's a genius and, and he, and the way he's a genius and the way he stays and stayed a genius is he stuck to his brand. Okay, he's not a sellout to anyone. He uh, is really smart and understands, you know, the strategies and what goes into it, and has a point of view. He was not going to sit for forty-two press interviews. So it, there were all comers coming to CBS and to the press department, but believe me, only a few really got. Only a few really got through for the one and one. Yeah. For the one and one. I think very yeah. few, very few. But he did agree to do the, he understood the value of the exposure and he did that. And I think, you know, I don't think is what was one of his most comfortable <laughs> moments of, of, of his time because, you know, it's a, it's just a, 
difficult, pressured, you know, you need to be funny, you need to be yeah. witty, you need to be this and that. But he did a great job. He took care of it. And believe me, with or without press interviews, they were writing about David Letterman. And so, remember, okay, I got to ask you about that press conference real quick. Yeah. Were, you yeah. were in the room. Were you one of the people who were, because uh, I, I haven't watched it. In, I should have watched it in prep here. Uh, I promise you, I am professional at this, folks. I just didn't watch it right before. Uh, but I have a pretty good working memory of it. Um, they did invite uh, for the, for that press conference a few CBS folks up there first. And I know the room was full of them. Were You were in the room for that press conference, yeah. right? Now, this is a different press conference. Oh, 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 I'm okay. sorry. The one you're talking about is when we introduced Letterman to the press for coming to CBS. Yes, that's right. Okay. That's, you're talking about an upfront that he Howard went to after. got up there and called it a Red Letterman Day. Yes. Okay. That's the very first one with, okay. with the introduction of Dave at CBS. Yes. That was done at BlackRock, which was the name of the CBS headquarters in New York. The one for the show itself was done in uh i think the beverly hilton out in california in la or or pasadena one of the hotels where they had the network press tour junkets for entertainment and that was dave, basically dave taking questions was that recorded that one uh, uh yes but i don't know where it is okay Good to know. Well, no, no, no that's all we yeah. needed to say. Now we're going to get little elves to run out. Walter, Don, get press let's press. let's run after it if we can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, CBS press. It's called the Press Summer Press Tour, nineteen ninety three. Okay, yeah. um, different, different. Were you in the room for both of those? Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. um, I, I I'm a fan of of the energetic feel of like when you went into the Ed Sullivan Theater, um, there was an energy. There it just it just was. You you walked into the place. I'm a big sports fan. I'm a big uh, hockey fan. We talk about home ice advantage. You walk into the Ed Sullivan Theater, and that place, my God, that place has a home ice advantage or a home field mm -hmm. advantage, um, an energy to itself. Yep. I I can't imagine that either of those two press conferences, uh, the, both of them must have had a unique energy and feel and excitement to them that just uh, the adrenaline must have been pumping during those events. They were electric. They were <laughs> electrifying. They were electrifying. Um, even for us hard hardened veterans. Yeah, they, they were electrifying. We were so excited. The press. Uh, look, Dave commands tremendous respect and he gets it and i mean he's the real deal he he is who he is the people love that his look number one he's loved by the basically loved the, and and watched by the press yeah. so the, the media who follow television so that was a big plus right um and he was entertaining and this was a big friggin' deal. I mean, yeah. this was a huge talent get. Look, this this competition, so to speak, was on. It was very public, you know, and, you know, all the stories about NBC is going to regret their decisions. It's like, I think Dave had something to prove. You know, look, he, there's no secret. Dave wanted The Tonight Show. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Garson was his idol and mentor. No question about it. All do with good reason. And, you know, he has said and people around him know that's what he wanted and they said no okay so you know he, he i think he had something to prove and he yeah. certainly did he yeah. certainly did uh well and 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 i mean it's 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 ironic again with that hindsight um being 2020 um there there's a few magical things that happened 
because he wanted the tonight show so damn bad he wanted it so bad that i mean uh, you know if you and if, if you read carter's books and however however much of the, the the truth to that how at the 11th hour they're saying okay we'll we'll give it to you after you know all these conditions and all these things you know and and and, and um there's even in the book i want to ask you about this too there's i don't know if you know anything about this or not but but when it was still at at littlefield's office or all my uh, office saying well maybe maybe not you guys might have been talking to Jay as well, which is fascinating. Um, but the idea, though, that he wanted The Tonight Show so bad, and when they did decide to go in the Leno direction, um, the deal that Dave got was basically Johnny's deal when Johnny left. Ownership, the 1230 spot, um, like these things that he walked into at CBS – were the things that he would have had to work decades for as a host of the tonight show to get he started with that and because of starting with that created a, a franchise um and a legacy that really will never be seen again the fact that somebody a civilian a civilian's production company could have two hours of network you know late night tv um but of course giving the greatest gift of all time a franchise to CBS where right now that franchise is number one. And, and, and again, that wouldn't have happened. Like there's so much tapestry here. Dave wanting the tonight show so badly is what got him that deal. And again, hindsight being 2020, um, when you look at how the business changed over the next couple decades, the business diluted. And, and can you imagine all these things that we know about Dave uh, perceived, what we've learned is getting to know him, watching him broadcast to us. Um, can you imagine if he was the guy to watch the tonight show and the power of the tonight show dilute because of all these cable channels, because of all these other shows that have come in because of just the landscape changing. Um, I think that that would have broken his heart. Whereas instead he got to go be the Johnny got to go create something new. And, 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 and the legacy there is completely different. I, I just said a whole bunch of shit. Um, if you want to respond to it, am I am I on base first off? Uh, that that's always been my theories, but I've never really been able to talk to a ton of people who are educated enough to go, yeah, Mike, you're full of shit, or yeah, okay, no, you're exactly right, or in the middle. Is that is that is that am well, I am I on page on that? Yeah, I think you're in the right. I think you're on the right track. Um, look, yes, those were conditions of the deal, and we agreed to those conditions again, for this singular piece of talent and because there was shrewd, you know, negotiating by Mike Ovitz, who clearly well represented Dave. And look, this is a big, it's like getting the Olympics. This yeah. is a fran franchise that, 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 you know, lasted for us, you know, decades. And it was really, really important. And that's, um, all of that was understandable. Yes, yeah, so it's not real estate we've given up again. I mean, you know, the current, the current inhabitants of late night do not own their shows, do not own their stuff in perpetuity, not that, um, you know, I don't think on any network, but, uh, you know, as you say, times change and yeah. that's what, ha and that's what happened. And that's what happened. It's amazing. Um, I love, I I'm so grateful for this conversation here that we're talking about this. Uh, okay. So a couple of years in, uh, you know, so things are crazy. Uh, Carter does a very, very good job of talking about how, the, the deck was stacked against you guys ever being able to beat the tonight show for a variety of reasons, geographic affiliates, things like that, that, yeah. that, and, and, and when Dave came in and did that, it was like, 
the unthinkable. Now you're the marketing guy who the goal would have been to say, okay, yeah, no, we're going to take these guys out. Um, did you think, did you think it would happen or did it even surprise you those first 18 months and the momentum that he had uh, going into uh, his first part of the run? I think we had a good cautiously optimistic feeling because the winds were at our back. Yeah. There were really no headwinds. The, the head, the winds were all at our back because of the huge momentum of the interest. I mean, the first night rating was like a 10 something. I think. It's crazy. Enormous, enormous. Yep. And look, we expected that. And by the way, we knew that was the highest we were going to see, okay, for a long, long time. Yes. Uh, the curiosity so, factor was through the roof. Oh, Everybody yeah. was going to watch it no matter what. So, I mean, it wasn't like uh, we were, you know, dancing in the cups, you know, at that point, uh, even though we were at a bar the first night of the show. Watching I was going to ask, you were in the bar in the next door. Yeah. You were there. Okay. Yeah. Glades. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We were there. Um, I remember looking at Bill Carter peering into the window from, from 7th Avenue, from Broadway. Oh, yeah, we were in the bar. That's the bar that Jackie Gleason used to sneak into, the trap yeah. door. The hidden the entrance. Door that had, oh, yeah, to, to, to drink during the show. Um, in any event, <laughs> now we're getting ahead of ourselves. Well, we are, but okay, oh, I want to say that again. You saw Bill Carter outside of the window peering in at you. Correct. That is a very, very cool image that I don't know. I've never heard that before. That it, is, it was, that's very cool. It was a thousand degrees of humid and humidity in New York City. It was an <laughs> August night and it was disgusting. And we were piled into this bar, which was a very small bar. It's because Dave didn't want executives in the theater. Is that, is correct. that, that okay, is correct. yeah, yeah. And, and we understood that. He never wanted executives in the audience. In fact, the executives never were allowed to go into the audience if they had guests or wanted to have something, they went to the upstairs balcony. Yes. Uh, again, because he believed, you know, he wanted guys in baseball caps in the in the front, you know, in in the audience yep. with good reason. And you know, these are the things that we learned, you know, where he was right. He had a particular point of view and a brand, and that's the way he got it done. He wanted, you know, he didn't want suits in the audience. And you know what? He's hundred percent correct. So yeah, we were all in there anyway because we, you know, we wanted the, the camaraderie and the this and the that. And so we watched the taping of the first show yeah. uh, back in the day when they did use videotape uh, <laughs> as opposed to digital. Shout out to Shecky, uh, by the way. Anyway, that's yeah, it, that's it. And um, <laughs> we we all watched it in there, and you know, Bill Murray and the whole routine was fantastic. Uh, and you know. I forget what happened afterwards. It was all a blur after that. I think oh, I can we were... imagine you must've been on cloud nine. Just, yeah. It's one of those moments that the adrenaline is yeah. just kind of taken over. It's magic. It's excitement. Yeah. yeah. The feeling is the feeling is more powerful or powerful or palpable than what you're actually seeing or hearing. It's the feeling is overwhelming. Yeah, everything. But I go back to the point that this Dave is a real deal. I mean, yep. this was nothing manufactured. Believe me, we had a very small part to play in this very small. I mean, he, you know, just getting him over and having him do it. And he, you know, he insisted his way. I mean, I can't tell you when we uh, uh, kind of were feeling our way through with his people, with mostly with Robert Morton, you know, who was his executive producer at the yeah. time and had come over. Um, great guy, really creative and really knew Dave and understood mm -hmm. his way work and talking about ideas for promo campaigns and this and that. He kept saying, George, you, 
you know, we, we this is Dave. We, we got to go with Dave and what it's all about. And, you know, 100%, 100%. And um, we threw out a lot, we threw a lot of stuff at them. We threw a lot of stuff out. And oh, it I can imagine, to, yeah. you know, yeah. this is what we Dave wants to do. And we come back and put it together. And we said, look, here's our message. You know, you, you, you know, Dave can sell Dave any way he wants with yeah. his comedy. They wrote the comedy. We wrote the, the structure. Same Dave, different time, new station. And you know what? As long as we have that message, that was the tag. He did everything else. And they were brilliant. They were classic Dave. I mean, you know, the creepy eye. What is that creepy eye? And all that stuff was, was him. You know, it was all him. And um, so we felt we had the wind at our back. Uh, and, you know, the momentum was great. Yeah. And, you know, it's like Halley's Comet or Kahootek or whatever you want to say. These don't come around very often. No. So no. see it when you can. Um, I, I, okay. So I'm going to do this uh, again. It makes, it makes some people uh, just maddening with frustration when I do this, uh, George, I'm going to ask you, like, we're not done yet, but at the same time, uh, there's so much we've not even hit the tip of the iceberg. Please come back once another time and we can talk about more of this stuff. I can go way deep yeah. on this stuff. You, There's a you, few subjects you. I really want to talk about. Uh, you talk about selling. The first thing we got to do is, and I love doing this. I love uh, getting my guest to be part of an un, an unwitting hostage when I do a commercial. We've got one sponsor here at the Letterman Podcast. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, that no. one sponsor is... Rupert G and the Hello Deli. Uh, oh. We are brought to you by Rupert and the Hello Deli. Hey, do you know one of the only places on earth that you can get Late Show with David Letterman merchandise is the Hello Deli? Hello-Deli.com. The CBS store closed. The CBS <laughs> store closed. I'm going to talk. We're going to segue out of Rupert to that. I'm going to ask you about that because I'm a Letterman fan that for decades have not been able to buy a ton of Letterman stuff. And I want to talk to you about that, the, the separation of pants versus uh, uh, the CBS store stuff. But uh, go to hello-deli.com if you want to. They still have Late Show mugs there. As your Late Show shirt kind of faded on you, you can get a new one from Rupert. Um, he packs it with love. If you are in New York, go to the Ed Sullivan Theater. Uh, nestled within the womb of it is the Hello Deli. Have a soup, have a sandwich. Go say hi to Rupert. Take a selfie. He's amazing. He packs this stuff with care and sends it directly. If you ask him real nicely, he'll add onions to your order. Rupert, <laughs> we love you. We're so grateful to have you as part of our family on the Letterman Podcast. And uh, I got to ask that merchandising. Um, I remember the CBS store in Las Vegas. I almost, I swear to God, George, this is a true story. I want to say it's probably in 010 or 11. In Las Vegas, in the MGM Grand, there was a CBS right, store, right, and they right. had this gorgeous, on the outside of the store, high-res poster of Dave sitting at the desk, the big Cheshire cat grin, yep. and yep. he looked powerful behind yep. that desk. Couldn't mm -hmm. buy it as a fan, could not buy that poster. Um, one night, my wife and I were walking through the casino and uh, things are fading because it was like two in the morning. And I, I had this actual half-baked plan looking at it going, I want to take that poster. I really, really want to take that poster. Was it, was it frustrating at all being the head of CBS marketing, but knowing that there's a division, we've got worldwide pants here. There's certain things that you could do and want to do, but maybe couldn't do because of that division. Yes, it was frustrating at times. Yeah. Um, but the merchandise was small potatoes. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was, you know, it's important. It was not a bit, it was not going to grow. It was, by the way, it was the number one thing at the CBS store. And 
we yeah. we we had a split. You know, we had a royalty split sure. with them. But as a business, it was a business driver, but it wasn't a business maker. Yeah. Um, but look, again, they own the brand, they own the logo, they own the look. You know, it's like we look, we dealt with Warner Brothers for years on similar things. You know, Warner Brothers owned a lot of our shows that were on CBS. And, you know, uh, you couldn't sell Everybody Loves Raymond merchandise um, as CBS. You had to license it from Warner Brothers. We understand that. That's yep. just kind of the reality of the business. But, you know, the, 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 the merchandise or the swag, you know, as, as it's called in the, in the, in the trade, yeah. um, you know, the crew jackets were great and the selling the t-shirts was, was, was a small business. Yeah. Oh, the crew jacket. I've got four of them and uh, they're like treasured possessions. If there's a fire in the house and I can only get a couple things out, I'm probably grabbing a couple of my pants jackets. I love right. those things. Well, you've made the right decision. <laughs> Forget I'm your talking family. to the right guy yeah. today. Oh my God. Yeah. For, forget your family and your pets. Go right for the Letterman jackets. God no, that that cotton is gonna go way up. That wool. It's that beautiful wool from uh the company that he owns, the flannels place. It's their <laughs> Ebbets Field. Ebbets Field. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, that's so great. Um <laughs> I'm bent in all the right ways, the way I see it anyway. Um, okay, so a couple years in, I mean, God, I can't believe it's already uh, this much time. A couple years in, obviously, uh, things, what goes up must come down, things settle, and the landscape significantly changes. Larry sells the network. Um, I don't know the exact order of things, but 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 the new ownership group, I think it's Westinghouse that came in next. Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah. then like NFL, like Olympics, NFL, like I think about Dorothy at, at, at the Olympics, Dorothy, <laughs> Dave's mom at the Olympics. And I yes. think, oh my God, like so many highs on the international stage, NFL, one of the most powerful promotion machines uh, available at the time. Um, you guys lose the NFL. And, and, and I mean, to the point where Letterman talks about this in the trades again it's not a negative show this is we're just looking back and it's fascinating uh to see that like i think there's a rolling stone interview where he talks about that and 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 he talks about he gets almost philosophical about uh you know leno um being more maybe for lack of a better term homogenized for everybody else versus him mm -hmm. which is more nuanced i love that description uh the mm -hmm. idea that he's pop music whereas letterman's like pink floyd or something yeah. like yeah. that like i'm a big believer in that where it's genius versus mm -hmm. the popular three chord kind of structure um a few a few years later after he started these things started to erode um how much pressure you talked about it at the at the front of this broadcast here um how much pressure did late night put on your office versus the rest of the cbs landscape that was also affected by this tremendous pressure yeah uh they really felt it i don't i don't blame them yeah this dave really hadn't changed yeah um, but as you say so well mike the landscape changed around and look, there's shifts, things happen. And, you know, it became much more serious, much more competitive, um, a lot of pressure on us, mm -hmm. not a lot more we could do. It wasn't a secret that David Letterman was on. He'd been on for a couple of years. Yep. It wasn't a secret who he was and where he was. Okay. It's what happens in people, people's tastes and 
station lineups and also primetime. And, you know, did football have something to do with it? I would say a little, but not, that was not the main reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, foot, losing football was, it was basically nuclear winter for us for four years. I mean, we, we, we could not come out of the shelter. That's a it powerful was, uh, word description you just gave. It was well, that big of a deal on your it nuclear was, it winter was a, for four years. It was dark, wow. dark, dark. Yeah. Okay. By the way, having had it for, you know, 30 something years before yeah. and basically helped build that brand of American television sports. Yep. But, you know, look, in the end, what's it always about? Commerce, money. And that's what happened. And um, God, it was awful. It was yeah. awful. Uh, we just lost so much circulation, yeah. um, which is not to say, and I was the promo guy, that yeah. you put a 10-second promo on for Letterman in the NFL, and all of a sudden you're going to be number one. No. no. And they knew that too, but there was a perception. You know, there was a perception. Um, but, you know, we, we we got it back four years later, and um, you know, all of a sudden, trees were flowers were blooming and bees and insects were coming back and i think i saw like a pony you know things were happening the fields were fertile again and grass was growing and the wind and if it it sounds like one of those you know commercials now for some prescription drug i was gonna say for a pharmaceutical product that's what i was gonna say pharmaceutical, (laughs) right you know you know and god it was it was it was euphoric yeah euphoric um, but no, Dave, we took Dave and his, and his producers and his production company people very seriously, yeah. had the highest degree of respect for them. It wasn't always easy as, as he well attests. Um, and it wasn't easy from, from our side, yeah. but you know, there was respect on both sides and, you know, in the end he stuck to his guns and we stuck to ours to the degree that we understood what, what what we were working with. Well, I tell you, I appreciated it so much. And there's a few examples that I want to talk about before this particular episode ends. And then maybe, maybe next time we can go a little deeper, but um, there's, there's one in particular that I have to ask about. It's one of my favorite every single time I see it, whether it's uh, uh, on the official channel and it's a bumper going out or, or, or something I watch on, on, on something else that's out there where, where uh, they focus on it. Um, it's one of the greatest, as far as I'm concerned, the greatest ad campaigns in history. And it was one billboard. And I think you probably know the one I'm talking about, you know, let her talk about how he's number one. And then right across a much bigger billboard of Dave with that big grin on his face, number three. (laughs) And it's, it makes me laugh even just saying it out loud right from my, from the inside, because it just encapsulated so much who Dave is and mm-hmm. and the fact that the, uh, and I'm going to get to the Super Bowl promo here in a minute, but, but the fact that you guys were on board to do that, mm-hmm. uh, did that come right from your office? Whose idea was that? Do you remember the Dave, genesis of that? David Letterman. Shut up. Really? Hey, Hey, uh, Hey George, you know, do you got some billboard space there where we can put a bigger billboard? That's, that's literally how it went. Was it him himself no, or was it no, Burnett as an emissary? Well, no, Mort, Morty came to me and said, we, "Why was Morty still? A long time ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, I thought we, I thought we, he had left by that point. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? 
maybe it was as i said okay. my memory is not as, yep, as, yeah, good, yeah. as you know, All good but they came yeah. to us and said look dave hates that we're number one jay leno billboard as he should and he wants to have his own billboard great let's do a billboard okay and he wants to say we're number three i went you gotta be kidding me i mean you know the, my instinctive reaction was are you crazy and then i went you are crazy that is great that's gonna get more and so we bought a bigger billboard down the street so you could see the Jay Leno number one and the Dave's smiling, shit-eating grin. Yes. We're three. And you know what? God bless him. No, the, the, the best, I got to tell you, again, seriously, all, we, were, we were happy conduits of his great humor and ideas. Not all of them got through, but most of them like this one did. Okay, we, we I gotta love, ask. Love, you just you just yeah. opened the door. Do you remember yeah. one that didn't get approved that they threw out there saying, "Hey, let's do this," and you guys are like, "No, that's that's too far." Do you remember one off the top of your head? No. Okay. I don't. <laughs> I just remember we would go kind of like, uh, "Really?" Uh, <laughs> and you know, they would go back. We would go back. Somehow okay. we made. And there'd be a compromise. Yeah, but not often. Look, as I said. Dave's a genius and his work was genius and it was true to brand. He wasn't going to be told or, you know, he wasn't going to read a script. Yeah. You know, he was going to make it what he felt was his brand of comedy. And we were true to that. It's the audience who have to respond, not Dave. Well, I'll tell you this um, as a viewer and as a, a very uh, loyal member of his, of Dave's audience, I'll tell you this. I appreciated the fact that right away, CBS embraced Dave, in my, this is again, my viewpoint, I don't know, you can confirm or deny if this is the exact thing, but when he came over there, the fact that you guys treated him right from the start as, okay, this guy is now a CBS franchise, period. He's going to be uh, a carrier of the CBS brand for as long as he wants to be. And all reports saying, even as he aged and we're getting, you know, 15, 60, 20 years and down the line, and he called his own shot when he decided to retire, uh, was not pushed out. You know, Johnny Carson can't even say that. You guys basically said it's yours. Here you go. All the way down there. And the fact that CBS stuck with Dave through the ups, of course, I mean, they're mm -hmm. great. But more importantly, the downturns, whether it's in the business, whether it's in the franchise trying to reinvent itself, whether it's going on at 1230, what's going on at 1230 and how. And eventually you crack that nut. Craig Ferguson is like, he is one of my favorite talk show hosts of all time as well. Um, the fact that CBS it seems like made a conscious decision to say David Letterman is our guy. He is going to be part of our legacy, similar to Ed Sullivan and, and, and some of these other uh, uh, franchise icons. And, and, and because of that, I think, I think it makes Colbert even, even more powerful uh, doing what he's doing now. The fact that you guys have this, storied franchise compared to the tonight show who's had you know they've shuffled their hosts around a little bit here and they didn't do that mm -hmm. um and you know again i can go i can go long on that how they gave jay the chance but they didn't give conan the chance and it's it's mm -hmm. it's so funny how you not only did you guys give dave the opportunity to find his voice but to expand and 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 just have his identity married to you guys i love that a conscious choice obviously sure yeah sure and you know you talk about the good times and the tough times. 
let me tell you, no one took it harder on the tough times than, than he did. He felt very responsible. Um, he took a lot of it on himself when it really wasn't, you know, um, fair to do that. Um, and, you know, he, 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 he took the competition very seriously. And yep. I have a tremendous amount of respect for that because he could have foisted off the blame, you know, on six different directions. Uh, but we were all in it together and he knew that. Um, and, and while it may not have always been acknowledged, he knew it. And yeah. he knew that um, he had the network behind him. He had the leader of the network behind him and that no one was going to dilute what he did. Yeah. I love that. And there's so many examples of Dave, you know, taking responsibility for anything, whether it's, uh, I mean, ah, well, okay, here's one that I love to talk about. You know, I talk about how this show doesn't talk about, we don't talk about scandal or gossip or any of that kind of stuff. And, and, and the example I use to our guests sometimes when, when, when we're having a conversation talking about this stuff is like, you know, obviously if there's blowback from a bit like Sarah Palin, for example, oh yeah, that's fair game. We'll talk about that. Like we'll talk about his apology to her because mm -hmm. it was, it was a full on, I take responsibility for this, but mm -hmm. also I'm not going to, just because I'm taking responsibility for this, I'm not going to let you off the hook for that. Um, and I just love the way that Dave would do that. He would take responsibility no matter what it was. Um, it's cool to hear that not just on a public face to the, to the masses, he does that, but behind the scenes, he does that as well. Um, oh God, there's so many moments. Okay. I can't go without talking about the Super Bowl. Uh, you must've been one of the people who was in on what was going on for the Super Bowl ad, the famous Doritos ad <laughs> or Tostitos ad. <laughs> um, uh, when did you get notified that Oprah and Mr. Leno were going to be part of this or, or were you part of the uh, brain trust that came up with it? I was not part of the brain trust, but I was part of the go trust that okay. once they decided that they would do it. Um, well, here, here's what thing: we, we, we came to them six months in, uh, before the Super Bowl and said, guys, we have the Super Bowl. You're going to get a spot in the Super Bowl. Please, let's not just do a guest spot for Monday. You know, let's make this a special spot. Yes, but we're busy right now. We have this show coming up. and blah, blah. Okay, fine. Four months to go. Hey, we we have the Super Bowl, guys. It's only, you know, 100 million plus people. You know, you complain about how many <laughs> promotions you get on CBS. This is worth a year and a half's worth of promotions. Please, we've got to come up with a special. Yeah, 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 we will, we will. Okay, good. Two months before the Super Bowl. Guys, <laughs> what what's with the Super Bowl spot? You want us to write something for you that you could like throw out and maybe start on again? Uh, you don't want to do a musical number or, you know, uh, have Paul write something or do it? No, no, George. Look, it's the sweeps. We got a lot of. We have a lot of high talent coming in here. We, we're trying to book the show. We can't. We're not going to do. It. Okay, December. I say, hey, the Super Bowl is like in forty days. You know, are we? Yes, yes. They, they, we have an idea. We have an idea. Oh, okay, good. You want to share it? No, they can't really tell you right now. <laughs> um, okay, well, we're still holding the spot, but at some point you gotta, you know, you know, if we have to do a, a backup spot for you, no, 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 no. Okay, all right. Then, God, I don't know when it was. Uh, going to the wayback machine here, but yeah. it was. Uh, it was. Uh, 
we have an idea. We'll need to shoot it in the theater. We'll need a crew. We'll need to do it one night after the show. Um, we really don't want anyone around. Um, okay, great. So they were being cagey at this point. Yeah. They knew what it was, but they're being yeah. cagey even with you. Yeah. Did not want it to and get then, And then it was Rob. And then Rob said, okay, so here's the bit. This is what Dave wants to do. He's on the couch. He's eating the popcorn. And remember, the first one was just Oprah. That's, yeah. The this second, is a sequel. That's right. A lot sequel. of people Yes, absolutely. Okay. And Leno, sorry, sorry, had to get permission from NBC to do it. Okay. Which, which he did. That hits your office at this point, right? No, from NBC. No, okay. no, no. No, but I mean, he had to go to Bob yeah. Ryder at the time. So okay. Yeah. And, and, okay. Just so the Oprah thing was the first one. Okay. Um, and... Rob said, and then he's eating on the couch and you think it's going to be like a Toritos commercial or whatever. And pulled back and said, you know, isn't, you know, are you enjoying the game? And we pull back and Oprah's on the couch. I went, my mouth dropped. I mean, never in a hundred million years. I mean, again, on brand, brilliant, shocking, shocking. I mean, I screamed when I saw this, by oh, the way. America did. <laughs> we screamed every time we thought about it. Thing got shot. She came in. She showed up. She did the thing with Dave. Oh, Dave, you're such a baby, or whatever she said, and oh, and that was it. Unfrigging believable. Yep. Again, brilliant, 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 brilliant. Um, the way they work. Again, we were just, you know, the happy enablers. Uh, and support. And, you were the support. Yeah. Which is and huge. Got it worked out. Got it in the game, and it went crazy. And then the Jay Leno one, again, another one. He flew in on the NBC plane. They shot it one night. He went right back. You know, that was it. And and Oprah. Um, again, so we always call, you know, we, we said to him that year, where's our Oprah thing? Where's our, what are we going to do this year? Don't worry. Don't worry. So I stopped <laughs> worrying six months out. I stopped worrying three months out. Um, you know, we still kept after them. Yeah. Yeah. But that was great. That was great. That was great. Um, had you seen the Leno bit finished before it aired? Yes. Very I can't even to. imagine. Yes, I did. A few Very days. You probably saw like, it a couple days before. A few days before. You, yeah, not, how not do you keep that a secret? Like, did you tell anybody? Did you tell any family members or anybody? Or did you? Like, I mean, President Obama yeah. called to find out immediately, apparently during the game. Hey, hey, find me out how they did that. They do, you know, like like the president of the United States when he sees Leto on the couch. Oh, that can't be real. Like, like, oh my gosh, how did you keep that a secret? I I, I can't even imagine. It must have just been inside you, or or had you been seasoned long enough that that something like that, yeah, big, but you're able to compartmentalize it. No, there are secrets that you keep because you're proud to keep them. You're so uh... excited and. There was, look, there was a cone of silence, but there were 50 people who were part of that shoot. And, yeah. you know, I mean, and in various levels of, you know, the the editor, the director, this. I mean, look, you know what? We we knew the we knew the significance of secrecy. You know, every you know, everyone's on board. They understand it. It's well, it's I, I guess I would make it akin to, you know, if uh, if, if you got a birthday present for your kid that, you know, is going to blow their mind, you know, you wrap it up and you keep it a secret so they can open it. This was an international present that everybody was just 
because I mean, if you look at the drama of what happened to the, the and and I don't know if Dave calls it the golden age of television, tongue in cheek, the 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 shift, the second shift that happened when he just got to sit there from his beautiful desk in this beautiful theater and just watch as NBC's late night and, and, and executive team imploded at the, at the debacle. Um, you know, that again, just, I love that part of late show history where he got a chance to do that, that three or four weeks. Um, and then the significance of just after that, that, that commercial happening with Mr. Leno, uh, incredible, incredible um, television, captivating television. And I mean, I can talk about these moments forever. I would, we are getting close to an hour here. I want to, um, I don't, for our audience here, certainly don't want to um, in any way diminish, George, what you have brought to your legendary career. I started talking about the spread and variety. Like you weren't just late night, but at the end of the day, uh, talking about, I got one more semantic marketing question and then i've got a very special top 10 for you um i was gonna get to hey look at our podcast here how would you market our podcast here we'll do that next time if you if you had an idea how to because i mean i i love i love doing this and uh if there's a mind that i could pick about how we could market this show this would be it but i'm gonna save that um i do have one more question though um i have a i have a i have a i have a history in the professional wrestling business i wasn't a wrestler but i i've been behind the curtain and i and i and i know the professional wrestling business a little bit from a philanthropy standpoint um there was a point where and i believe cbs was actually in bed with world wrestling federation for uh for for a cup of coffee uh or viacom was by that point um mm -hmm. and 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 um at a certain point, the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, changed their name to World Wrestling Entertainment, but the talent always referred to it as the WWF. And then uh, when the change happened, they referred to it as the WWE, but that no longer grammatically made sense from a syntax standpoint, the Re World Wrestling Entertainment. No, it's not a federation anymore. Now it's an entertainment company. So the same thing happened with our good friend, Mr. David Letterman. Uh, late night with David Letterman, you know, franchise. They come over and they're like, okay, well, what are we going to change it to? No, it's going to be late show with David Letterman. We're just going to change one word. But syntax wise or grammatically, the late show. Okay. <laughs> Again, nuanced shit here, but to marketing people, not, not necessarily nuanced. Sometimes a situation, you're nodding. Like I'm, this was a thing, right? Like, is it the yeah. late show or is it just late show? Correct. Um, Correct. <laughs> like is 60 minutes, six zero minutes or S I X T Y. There you um, go. Yeah. The, 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 the missing, the, the, um, what, what was, uh, an issue at the beginning. Uh, and again, it was late night. It should be late show. Uh, and, we didn't spend a lot of time on it. So I certainly didn't, but it was a curious factor and number. And also Mike, to this day, there are people who call it late night. Okay. The late night with David Letterman was so, so um, ingrained that yeah. it was called it's to people. I mean, he's been on CBS longer than he was on NBC and they still call it, Oh, you know, late night with David Letterman. So what can I tell you? The yeah. V becomes pretty inconsequential. They always have the, and you know we'll we'll get it from someone somewhere one day, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, the V is coming back in fashion in sports. You know, they say the Ohio State University. Yeah, you know? totally. So, you know, there's well, I think Colbert changed it. I think it is the Late Show with Stephen yes. Colbert now. Stephen I think Colbert. I think yes. now that you guys yes. he did. I, yeah, 
Isn't it funny how we say you guys still like you still work there? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine you won't for the rest of your you life refer to it's CBS as here. we. Yeah, yeah. It's in the air. It's in these veins. So, you know, I still call it we also. And, you know, what can I say? Still get a ticket here, here or there. Um, I hate to put you on the spot here. Do you watch Dave's Netflix show? Have you watched Dave since he uh, since he moved over to Netflix and started the long one or form? two? One yeah. or two. Yeah. If there's anybody you want to see him interview uh, in a long form, he's kind of doing the Tom Snyder thing with some video snippets now. If there's anyone yeah. you would want to see Dave uh, to interview, who would that be? Anybody you know you can think of? No, no. I'd like to see him interview himself. Oh, yeah, that'd be fascinating. Hello. Um, I appreciate this very, very much. Before I get to my very special top 10 for you, uh, George, again, I can't thank you enough for your time. And I hope this has been an enjoyable experience for you. I can't wait to uh, to, to pick your brain about things more. Um, Mike, anything you else you want to say about this before we finish this part and I move to the special top 10? Yes, I have enjoyed this. I My greatest fear, as I told you, when you were politely hounding me, which I respected, <laughs> you know, I always say there's a difference between, you know, being persistent and being a nudge. And there's always that line and you did not cross that line. And I appreciate that. You did a good job. Thank you. Um, oh my and, God. you know, it's not the, it's not the corned beef sandwich from Rupert's that I'm, you know, doing this. For. Um, <laughs> but I, but I would say, um, you know, your stuff and I have a great deal of, uh, uh, of respect for people who know their stuff and who are, you know, one thing that you are that I was about my job, passionate, and people come to me and say, you know, I want to be in marketing. I want to do this or that. I said, look, I can teach you a skill, but I yeah. can't teach you passion. I cannot teach you passion. Pa a skill you can learn up here, but passion's in your heart. And that's the most important thing. And you have a passion and it's great. I think your listeners have a passion because this is that kind of group. I, I, I respect them and admire them all. I feel very comfortable uh, and at home. I'm happy to do this. Um, again, for, I don't know, a brisket sandwich, maybe. Absolutely. Uh, a few pickles, uh, but seriously, good job. No, you, you know, we got to the major points. My greatest fear was that I would not remember. And you've jogged that, you know, that database that's somehow far back in my balding head. And I appreciate that. And it's been jogged and now I can, uh, I can live to see another day. Oh, well, I, I appreciate all of those words very, very much. Uh, the the generosity that you've been with your time and and and, and with your experience. Um, I'm I don't know what it is that's compelled me uh, other than the, my 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 daughter in law. Like I I'll tell you this. I, I've said this to a couple of guests, and I'll say it to you too. I am astounded um, by how quickly the world has forgotten Johnny Carson. And, and, and uh, I know YouTube wasn't around and all of that stuff, but Johnny Carson was the biggest star in the world. And, and mm -hmm. um, the reverence that Dave has for him and, and, and I, my father, the reverence my father had for, for Johnny, uh, Johnny was my dad's guy. Dave was my guy. Uh, and, and, and so for some reason I am compelled to pass this torch and, and this knowledge. Um, I, I, I think they, they mined for gold. They found gold every day. They dropped the gold because there was a new show the next night and they had to mine more gold. Well, it's time to pick up some of that gold that 20, 30 years later still holds up like crazy. Even yeah. in these politically uh, different times from a political, political correctness standpoint, a most of it still holds up like crazy. It's quality of the highest magnitude. And so uh, passing the torch, thank you for your words. I appreciate them. You are way more than a Letterman guy. We're going to do one of these um, 
uh, these things they do on the sports shows that I like so much uh, when they interview somebody. Uh, I'm going to throw out, I've got 10 CBS shows, some of which you were already the marketing guy. A couple of them was beforehand, but still, I think you might have a word or two. I just want some some free word association, uh, one or two words or a sentence or two about uh, 10 CBS shows from history, if that's okay with you. Are we cool with that? See if anything pops up. Maybe it pops up, maybe it doesn't. You can pass anytime you want. Uh, Are we cool with that? Yes, go. All right. Number one, Northern Exposure. Oh, classic, unique. Love it. Classic, unique. Okay. Uh, The Dukes of Hazzard. Fun. (laughs) Magnum PI. Cool. Airwolf. Interesting. Gentlemen, okay, was it was it straight up? There's Night Rider. We're gonna make Airwolf. Was that what that was? Or yeah, or I guess, I guess so. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> here's here's another one you may not have anything for, but but uh, I could go deep on this one. The Star Wars Holiday Special. The Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah. I don't even remember that. George Lucas would be so happy to hear you say that right now. Um, <laughs> okay, this is what this is one from my heart. Uh, Tour of Duty. Oh, really a class show, really, you know, smarter than it's time, you know, really a good show, really great. Zev Braun was the producer and they poured their soul, their heart into that thing. You have just lit my body up with goosebumps right now. That was a show that I was riveted for. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, in a good way, in a good, 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 good way. Uh, uh, Jake and the Fat Man. (laughs) Oh, William Conrad. You can't beat that. Um, Hunter. No, that was on NBC. Hunter was NBC. Yeah, Fred. Okay, Dyer. there we go. Thank you very much. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> um, and this one here is from my old friend Tom Dreesen, who we've had on the show here, and we love him very, very much. Sure. Yeah. Uh, for his buddy, uh, Simon and Simon. Oh, Simon and Simon, Gerald McRaney and um, uh, great show. Really yeah, fun. they were fun. They were fun. Absolutely. Um, You talk about fun. You know how to segue. It's like you're a pro at this stuff. This has been a lot of fun. It's been a tremendous amount of fun for me. I feel like it's been a moderate amount of fun for you. And uh, George, I can't thank you enough. If if it's okay with you, I'm going to do the, uh, I'm going to do the close here real quick. And then uh, I will say a quick goodbye after, after I hit stop. Okay. So there we go. Uh, They go that fast. Um, George Schweitzer has been uh, a legend in, in, when it comes to broadcasting in, on the business end of things. And um, at the end of the day, you know, when Dave would talk about some of the uh, folks that were on the executive level of NBC, you know, it's funny how that didn't happen as much at CBS. And, and, and we see why uh, this has been a prime example as to uh, uh, how Dave was valued and treated and, and the legacy of David Letterman, in my opinion, is CBS uh, built, of course, by his amazing legacy that led up to that. Um, but then he took that ball and ran with it and created a franchise, um, the franchise that could finally compete with the tonight show. His name is George Schweitzer. He was the marketing guy for the entire network. And it's been a pleasure to pick his brain. Uh, my name is Mike Chisholm. This has been the Letterman podcast. Now, please again, like share, subscribe. I cannot wait for the day. 
I cannot wait for the day that I don't have to say that anymore. The tips, the the scale will tip to the point where I don't even got to say that anymore uh, and chill the own, my own show. Um, I can't wait for that. But we're we're having so much fun doing this. Thank you very much for everybody who has given us as much love as we have so far. Please subscribe. Please like. Please share. And uh, we got lots of cool stuff planned. Uh, his name is George Schweitzer. Uh, my name is Mike Chisholm. This has been the Letterman Podcast with Mike Chisholm. Coincidentally, that's who I am. Thank you and good night. Overcoat and underpants. <laughs>